Hey folks, welcome back to Whatsoever is True, and I'm your host, Jason Coral. Check out whatsoeveristrue.com. That's the blog. We have, oh man, so much stuff on there. I overwrite, and so, you know, have at it, have at it. There's there's just a lot of stuff on there. I think uh, some, something like 130, 140,000 words, if that means anything to you. That's, in other words, that's like a very large book of content that's just on there for free trying trying to help out and uh continue to to be a blessing for everybody out there as the lord has been and 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 you know his word has been for me so today's subject is uh insults slander and yes murder in light of rush limbaugh's passing now he passed uh, about a week ago from when i'm when i'm recording this and let's let's get into this. He he passed away. Obviously, he was a a figure that was not loved by the left, but pretty much revered by the right. He was a a talk show host, of course, and had a long running talk show where he espoused conservative ideas in a very you know kind of funny and an entertaining way now obviously if you dislike him you don't think he was funny at all and and you you obviously wouldn't wouldn't think too much of him but all of that said let's let's just remember that we're talking about a human beings passing from this earth now from from all from all information that i've got that russ limbaugh was a converted christian so Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord that uh, he did not die without Christ. He 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 didn't live his life in, in vanity. Hopefully, we well, of course, I, I don't know the man personally, so I, I can't attest to any 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 personal levels of faith that he had and fruits of his spirit and so forth and so on. But I'm going to just assume that that those reports are true and rejoice in that as we go. On the other hand, we have had a, a week where I've had a chance to digest some of the things that I have seen on social media. Now I actually have. A, a long friend of mine for 30-something years who who literally unfriended me and blocked me because w- when the news broke that Mr. Limbaugh passed away, he posted a, a, a thing on, on Facebook where he, I'm not going to repeat it because it was, it was very vulgar and very vile and you know, wishing not just hell on Mr. Limbaugh, but, but very bad things in hell. And I, I said, shame on you. That's a, a horrible thing for you to say. He's a professing Christian. Incidentally, and uh, he's a professing Christian who obviously harbors a lot of, of dislike for for Russ Limbaugh. Now, this post is not to get into that, but I've seen, in other words, to get into Mr. Limbaugh and his work and his life and, and that. What I wanted to approach is from a Christian perspective. We are on very dangerous ground in this country about the way that we use words to speak about other people and the bible has a lot to say about that and i don't think that's really being taught very much so in that regard even even in one of the the news organizations had a video on him i I forget it was a politico or huffington post i forget i'm sorry but uh they did a thing basically bringing up a lot of mr limbaugh's more controversial statements and 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 having listened to his show a bit i know that he was quite a a a funny man who was using satire quite a bit and so i thought well that's not really an accurate depiction of him because there's satire you could you could disagree with the joke and so forth and so on but but that's very much like if if you did that to george carlin or any other comedian and drop into context that this was something that was designed to be satire um 
So, with all of that said, I wanted to get into the insults, slander, and murder. And I have got a bunch of scripture texts for this. I, I would like to start out with the from Proverbs 15, verse 4, is that a gentle tongue is a tree of life. You know, but there's perverseness in it, in the tongue, breaks the spirit. You know, negativity, critiquing people endlessly and so forth, breaks the spirit. And, and, and the thing about Proverbs is that there's a startling connection. You know, in other words, a chain of sin that very easy to miss because the sin is so embedded in us, especially in our modern culture, that we don't want to like to look at it. The book of James, in fact, says that a tongue is a fire and a, a world of unrighteousness. Literally, it sets the whole course of life on fire and a fire that's set by hell. That's James chapter 3, verse 6. So this is no idle warning. I mean, it's no mere trifle to, to be considered. Um, scripture isn't concerned with man's outward ethical standards that are arbitrary, you know, our manners. And we always talk about this person's so nice and they're good looking and so forth and so on. You know, a lot of times people thought that President Obama was a, was a very great statesman, not necessarily because of what he said, the ideas that he espoused, but because of the way he said them. And, and that's very dangerous ground for us to be on. We should be rightly handling the word of truth and judging the content of one's speech. And, have, and that's, of course, more important than, than the manner in which they speak it. You know, so in other words, if somebody walks up to me and punches me in the face and tells me 2 plus 2 equals 4, that doesn't invalidate his violent action, the fact that 2 plus 2 does equal 4. So let's let's try to remember that if you can come up and, and shower me with kisses and, and chocolate and cash and the whole bit and and give me gifts but tell me two plus two equals five he's so wrong so so this is the heart of life not the stuff about dress codes and manners and so forth the tongue really does tell us what people have in their heart so we learn in romans that the throat is an open grave in romans 3 verses 13 and 14 you know the the uh you know, venom is under our uh, lips and our mouths are full of curses and bitterness. And we get this evil chain. And Paul says in the very next verse here is that their feet are swift to shed blood and in their paths are ruin and misery. That's 15 and 16. Now, here's a part that you're going to find shocking. Jesus literally says that any verbal abuse leaves us liable for eternal damnation. Leaves us liable to eternal damnation. Uh, this is shocking. I know it shouldn't be though. Read it for yourself in Matthew 5 verses 21 through 25, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus illuminates for us the connection that's all throughout Proverbs. It's Jesus who tells us that the commandment against murder requires that we guard our lips from slander and insults. So here's the point with this is why is this the case and why is it so easy to miss? We follow the connection so that we understand the gravity of evil speech like literally flow like honeyed poison from our lips. It's all over social media. So Limbaugh's opponents, you know, when he died, erupted with the most horrific words against him, wishing him hell and you know other vile things, as I mentioned with his friend, who then unfriended me and blocked me. I've known the man for 30 years because I corrected him and said, that's a terrible thing. You, you can't do that. You can't speak of people that way. And uh, he was a professing Christian. And he actually, and what he said back to me before he blocked me was not very nice either. Told me that I was going to hell because obviously I agreed with Rush Limbaugh, um, which I never said that. I simply said that calling somebody the things that he called them, and I will not repeat them on this podcast, 
and wishing them horrible tortures in in hell is not a very nice thing to do. It should be obvious, but um, this is probably America's greatest sin right now, and I think we're, it's invisible to us. There's covetousness, there's greed. Of course, we have abortion, all sorts of sexual sin, but just watch the manner in which we speak of people we disagree with, and, and you'll see that America is full of, in Jesus' definition, potential murderers in grave danger of judgment. The scriptures teach us that it's foolish to pretend there's no God, okay, and that he hasn't spoken. So this is the start of this. How, do we, how did we get here? The Bible tells us it's foolish to tell, say there's no God. That's uh, Psalm 14, 1, Psalm 53, 1, Proverbs 1, verse 7, Ecclesiastes 2, verse 14. To think that there's no God, we must pretend that nature, which shows clearly God's divine nature and eternal power, to Romans 1, it's, that it's purely accidental and, and that everything in life is also governed by nothing. I mean, look at Psalm 19, 1. For the heavens declare the glory of God. They don't hint it, they declare it. Romans 1, 19. These things are clearly perceived. It's also to make a mockery of moral evaluations, which we're doing incessantly. Now, this is the point of Romans 2, verses 14 and 15, that we're always judging things, that we're accusing and excusing constantly. So when we say that life has no, no God, we end up in this foolishness because we continually, continually make moral evaluations. Now, in this case, we're making them about Russ Limbaugh. And yet, we don't have a standard to do that with. So it's to engage in the greatest con game of all time. Really, I want you to understand this. It's the greatest con in the world because it leads to the act of pretending that some things are right and other things are wrong and that we know these things despite everything only being a grand cosmic accident. Unbelief in Jesus Christ, who is the pure logic of the universe, the perfection behind it all, at the bottom of it all, the personal ultimate holding it up all standards, this leads to the annihilation of all truth. This doesn't mean anything. So this is why the Bible in general, and the, and the book of Proverbs in particular, makes such a case against the so-called foolish. The foolish are devoid of rational standard because their moral position, uh, because it's their moral position, I'm sorry, that leads them to this ignorance. They're, sinners wish to flatter themselves by pretending there isn't enough proof for God. This is a lie. Right? I mean, Romans, Romans 1 says they exchange the truth about God for a lie, and they worship the creature rather than the creator. So the very concept of proof rests upon a universe of logic and meaning and personhood. To even ask the question, therefore, of, you know, about I want proof, presupposes Jesus Christ as the ultimate person from whom logic and wisdom flow. Unbelief isn't intellectual, but moral hatred of God. In other words, unbelief isn't because people don't have enough evidence, because even to ask the question that we need evidence presupposes that the world is orderly and it's logical and it means something to persons. That presupposes Jesus Christ. And so once you say there's no God, you've automatically cut yourself off from those things. There's, why is there order? Why is there meaning? Why is there personality? Why do I matter? So you want proof of man's hatred of God? Watch what we say. See, what we, what we say about other image bearers of the Most High God indicates our evaluation of ultimate things. It shows our hatred of God. Since unbelief is moral treason, it's rooted in hatred, not ignorance. 
it will continue to bubble up into things we say about other, about other people. In other words, it's perfectly natural for a sinner to slander his neighbor, just as it was perfectly predictable for Cain to kill Abel. Abel. Sinners will kill God if they could get at him. This is why Jesus told so many parables about ungrateful servants beating you know, the, the, the master's servants and then even killing his son. And this is why Jesus Christ was murdered. Man's hatred of God is always bubbling under the surface and it turns up most often in how we speak about those we dislike. So, this is a connection between unbelief and foolishness, slander and violence. And it's why the commandment to love our neighbor as ourself is literally impossible unless we love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Watch how people out there, in particular right now the left, and this can, there are some factions of this on the right too when I talk about politically, but I'm, but I'm using this because the left is ascendant right now, is they speak of universal love and brotherhood and they are the most vicious with their tongue and their evaluations of other people. And it really showed last week when Rush Limbaugh passed away. So we can't love if we don't understand and love God. I mean, truly love. And we can't love because he pours his spirit into our hearts. To achieve this, we must repent of our sin and turn humbly to God in Christ. To this end, we've got to say that it's, it's, it's a Christian's duty to clean up his mouth through the cleansing of his heart, not the other way around. You can't just start going, okay, I won't say this, I won't say that. It's gonna, what do you believe? A mouth that slanders a neighbor is drawing water from a well that's polluted with self-righteousness and pride. You think you're the standard of, of right and wrong without reference to God, and therefore you're going you're gonna to be attacking people who disagree with you. After all, it's pride that brings us to unbelief in the first place. We don't want God to be God. We do not want to be morally judged. We want to be a law unto ourselves. So, I mean, when, when you think of pride, pride is the flag of unbelief. That, that's really what it is. And so when you hear people speaking of pride, and, and, and that's not good, <laughs> okay? If we're going to boast, we should boast in the Lord. We shouldn't be boasting in ourselves. The heart that's renewed will begin to grow in consciousness of the patterns of thought that lead to hatred. A renewed mind and heart will do everything it can to live peaceably with others. You know, Romans 12, verse 18. So, lastly, the Christian will recognize the pattern that slander follows. Gossip, lies, and insults flow from our hearts when we hate our neighbor. And we would kill them, but we can't. I'm going to pause. Let that sink in for a second. For that's the clear meaning of Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount. Speaking evil of a neighbor is associated with something, you know, usually with something they've done wrong to us, okay? Whether real or imagined. In such a case, slander is the weak party's vengeance, and the words are like knives that would cut them if we had the power to do it at the moment. But God knows our hearts. To this, the Bible says that vengeance is mine. I will repay. That's Romans 12, 19. And we're commanded to overcome evil with good. And the, the alternative is to overcome evil with hatred. So all of America is awash in empty and vain promises of love. But we don't know love because we don't know Christ. And this is evident in what we say about each other. Christians are commanded to use the sword of truth. Okay, his holy and life-giving word and the derivative principles to tear down strongholds. That's 2 Corinthians 
chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. We're to tear down strongholds, ideas, not people. That's the critical dividing line, and it shows us about you know, the reality of our faith. If we truly love our neighbor, then we abhor the lies the enemy uses to enslave our neighbor. Okay, that's Romans 12, 9 and 10. In other words, let your love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Abhor. You need to hate what is evil. But the person themselves, that's where you kind of get to the thing of, oh, well, love the, love the sinner, hate the sin. There's truth to that. But we do have to remember that the, the Lord is angry at the sinner. He doesn't just cast the sin into hell. He casts the sinner. The, the, the sin goes in with the sinner. So this is serious business. But the point of this is that I'm a sinner too. I'm saved by grace. There's a line of there but for the grace of God go I. If the Lord doesn't give me grace, I'm a worse sinner than anyone else around me. And if I'm simply sitting around looking at the sin in everybody else, I'm blind to the sin in my, myself. That's the whole thing about the beam in your own eye. You're looking at the splinter in someone else's and you miss the beam in your own. We Each one of us have a terrible, terrible problem of having to stand before a completely just and perfect God. We need grace and we will be judged by the measure in which we judge. These things Jesus makes plain and Scripture makes plain. So, we tear down ideas, we don't go after people. We are called to attack those, the devil's ideas for the sake of our neighbor and to the glory of God. So that's how, this is what's going to help clean up your speech. I'm not saying, just don't say mean things. Think about this. If you hate what's evil, you will see an idea that leads to evil. You will go after that idea without going after the person. You won't be derogatory to the person. You will not attack them. You won't call them horrible things. You will tear down the idea. And you will do that in love for your neighbor and to the glory of God, to bring people to the cross, to bring people the gospel. So we're never permitted ever to slander or insult our neighbor, ever. All of us are going to slip. Yes, we are, unfortunately. But a very big issue is like, let me put it this way, slandering and, and, and hurling insults at your neighbor when you disagree with them is for a Christian very, very dangerous because it shows that we're, we're not aware of how much grace we get. That changes us. It should change us completely. It just also means that you're probably afraid that Jesus isn't sovereign. Remember, he overlooked our sin, right? He died for us while we were yet sinners. So we should be careful with how we proceed. I and mean, this is why this is the hardest commandment in Scripture, I think. Um, it could bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse. I mean, that's a very difficult thing to do, and it's only going to be done in Christ. So let's finish up with 1 Peter 3, verses 9 through 12. All right? Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And the grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord abides forever. So this is how we would look at 
Rush Limbaugh or any other character. Maybe it's Nancy Pelosi. Maybe it's uh, Joe Biden. Maybe whoever it is that you, whoever you're at, you attack the idea. You show how the idea is flawed. What you don't do ever is attack the person and insult them. This is all over the place. And I see this on Facebook from my friends on the right. They're casting or they're putting up memes and so forth that can, they think are very funny and so forth, but they're insulting. And Christians should not be known for our ability to insult people and, uh, you know, what are they called? Burns and, and burn people. That shouldn't be our goal. Our goal should be to bring people the gospel. And that does mean hating evil. It does mean hating evil ideas. It does mean that we attack the ideas. Okay, so this is the case. This is the case. If we finish this up. Um, I liked Russ Limbaugh. I thought Mr. Limbaugh was a great champion of conservative ideas, and he was a lone voice. I don't think there is a Fox News or any of that after him. Uh, or, or, I mean, if he didn't come in, uh, the left had a stranglehold on the dissemination of ideas, which is why they, they really, really just disliked him. And, and he was pretty much the most disliked figure you know, by the left um, up until President Trump came along. Now, no matter the case, though, we still need to be careful with how we approach anything. We, 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 I'm sure you know, he, he did some things. I mean, you talk for three hours a day, five days a week, and especially about political subjects and moral issues, ethical issues, you're bound to say something you probably shouldn't have said or you didn't th think out very well because we're sinners, right? That's why, that's why James says you shouldn't, not many of us should be teachers because a lot of us, we're going to make mistakes. So we should look at him with grace the same way we should try to look at Joe Biden with grace or any of our leaders, and we should pray for them. Um, obviously, Mr. Limbaugh was not a leader. He was a, he was a radio personality. But my, my point, again, is our general thought should be the glory of God, the honor of God, and the gospel. When those are our primary objectives and our primary concerns, that will make straight everything else. So we won't just be legalistically, well, don't say that word or that word and be nice to people. Uh, yeah, okay, so that I can see that's helpful a little bit. But the main point is, the main point is, are we looking to glorify God? Is love in our heart for our neighbor in the Lord? Not love of our neighbor because we're good people. That's nonsense. That's We're not good people. And I think that's been proven by the way we've been talking about each other. So, in summation, we pray that the, the, our Holy Father, our Heavenly Father, has mercy on us and all of us, and that he helps us in the Spirit, and in Christ's name, to develop a, a godly heart and a, and, a, and a disciplined mouth that we don't slander and insult our neighbors, and we don't harbor hatred in our heart, when we, especially when we speak of others and, and, and those that we disagree with. So with all of that said, we pray in Jesus' name, and I hope this was edifying to everybody out there listening. I know these are tough subjects. Hopefully, this, this keeps us from, from you know, being conformed to this world and, and helps us to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. All right, catch you guys next time, and signing off, here's your, what? well, I mean, your host. So again, no music going out, so it's just me. So have, have a good one, and catch you later.